Welcome to this podcast from the Bay Church. We hope you're blessed by the message. To find out more, please visit our website at www.the-bay-church.org.uk. Good evening. Good evening. This is an amazing water bottle. I think we're just going to worship the water bottle in the middle here. We have a, I don't know who, this is great. So anyway, so it's lovely. We have an amazing, what is it? Is it, oh, I was looking forward to tripping over that. Here we go. Um, so welcome to the bay. This is good, isn't it? The bay, thank, well, not at all. Thank you very much, Alice. I'm glad that you and I are having a little conversation tonight. So let's ignore everybody else and we'll just have a little conversation tonight. It's good. Because nobody else was listening, were they? No, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, welcome to the bay. My name's Mark and uh, it's a privilege to, to be here. And we had a great morning. And um, it, was a good mo- it was a good morning, actually, wasn't it? It was a great morning. <sighs> I do like being at the bay. I really do. I say that every. I say that every almost every day, actually. Right. So we're going to read. So tonight, um, we'll see what happens. All right. So I could tell you now what's going to happen, and then I'll just have to retell you. So let's just let's just get straight into it. Yeah. Uh, all I know is that I'm going to talk about a yellow door tonight in in heaven. So there we go. Um, and uh, I want to read out Ephesians 3, verse 16 to 19, which is slightly pinching from next week because that's um, the kind of bridge between Ephesians 3, 1 to 14, which Shola talked about uh, last week about. And he measured on fire, actually, didn't he? Ha! So, so um, I listened to Shola in the gym yesterday. It was great. So, Shola, if you're listening, you were awesome. Um, I had a great time in the gym. Um, so, Ephesians 3, verse 16 to 19, this is the verse that June and I got on Friday night in Seoul um, on uh, separately. And uh, I'm going to read it to you in the NIV in the present translation. So, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit and in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That's amazing, isn't it? That's amazing. So I'm now going to read this in the Passion Translation. We're going to have some worship, and then we're just going to uh, flip in and out of what I've got to share and worship for the rest of the evening. Is that all right? Yeah? Oh, can I just say that, the you know, the numbers that I had last time, um, Sally um, Massendenke, I'm sorry, Sally, if you're listening to this, I've got your surname incorrect, but it was her credit card number that I got, so there you go. So, so um, wha- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so... But it's no <laughs> Yeah, well, we won't go there. We won't go there. I mean, identity theft, fraud, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, oh, we just don't want to go there. <laughs> and also, please do feel free to make use of this space here. There's some very kind people cleared these chairs earlier so that we could just lie here and uh, just express ourselves and wander around in worship, all right? So don't, uh, don't be a stranger to the front, all right? Um, so Passion Translation. And I pray that he would unveil within you 
the unlimited riches of his, of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. All right, so think about this. There's more of this, but think about that and receive that right now. It's not, don't let I wait to the end. Just receive this now. Receive it now. Then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you. And the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Then you will be empowered to discover what every Holy One experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. So please join me in standing, just to stand in worship. So Lord God, we just thank you for your love. We just thank you that, it's, that it doesn't have any dimensions, that it's, it's, just, it's just wide and high and long and high and deep and all those. And Lord God, just thank you that your love that we've just heard about in that word of life, your scripture, surrounds us. It surrounds us. So love of God, come right now. Kingdom of heaven, come right now. Lord, you're very welcome. Holy Spirit, come and fill us. Daddy God, come. Jesus, come. Angels of God, come right now. Hmm. And out of that place, thank you that you've put eternity in our hearts. And that is a fact. Eternity is in the hearts of the men and women and children that are in this room tonight. And that is without dimension. So is the love of God. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. We, we say yes to you. We give you permission tonight to minister to our hearts, to our minds, to our wills, to our souls, to our spirits. And Lord God, that if our mind is resisting, offend our minds. For the sake of those that we will meet this week that will need the love of God. Because if my mind gets in the way, I want, Lord God, for you to offend my mind, for my mind to say, okay, I give in. More, more of your love, more of your love for those that don't know you, Jesus. For the streets that need transforming, for the communities that need transforming, for the families that you know, and you might be one of those families where there is strife, there, is, there, is, there are things that are unresolved. That he whose amazing job at reconciliation, and he's an ambassador of reconciliation, he's the perfection of reconciliation, will come and make all things new. That is the reality. He makes all things new. So bring that reality right now into the worship, into the situation, as you focus on him, the lover 
of your soul. Amen. 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 Thank you, Amy. And um, before, before we, as we, as we are, we, as we are just getting ready, can I just? I would like. They, they don't know I'm doing this, but I would like you to applaud in a minute the band. All right, because it's quite difficult to to follow me as a worship band because they don't really know what I'm going to do. All right. So I'm aware that, this <coughs> that there can be sometimes apprehension about this, but I just want to say well done already for, for, for pitching up and saying your presence. So well done. I rejoice in the fact that I am seated in heavenly places in Christ. Because I am in his presence, I am feeling refreshed and full of his life and power. It is impossible for me, for you, to be in his presence and not be changed. I soak up the substance of his divine love. Wow. I soak up the substance of his divine love and health. It is affecting my body and my soul. I breathe in his virtue and fragrance. I radiate his presence as I meet with people. Some will cry because of his presence. Some will laugh. Some shake. Some not outwardly respond, but we all feel his presence and love. Because of that, and because of the love encounters that we are having and we will have, we will bring love encounters to people which will free them from the consequences of their past. That's us, my friends. That's you and me. That's all of us. So I just want to, um, whoa, let's just stay in this place. This is, this is just great. If I might speak for 5, 10, 15 minutes. I don't know. might be two. Then we'll go back to worship. might be, but whatever. Um, if, you're, if you're happy to stand with me or lie down, whatever, just, just do so. Because um, wherever you are, because this is all about his presence. It's about his presence. And if it's easier for you to lie down on the ground, um, it's about his presence. If it's easier for, for you to stand, it's about his presence. If it's easier for you to sit, it's about his presence. And the wonderful thing about it is as we applauded the band before they did anything, that is what our Heavenly Daddy says to you and me, well done well done for sowing your presence into my presence, for saying yes 
because we have that choice. We have a choice of saying yes or no. So as you applauded them, that is what our Heavenly Daddy is saying to you and I right now. Well done. Well done. <laughs> well done. <laughs> wow. Hmm. That still reminds me of something that I need to talk about later. So, um, so thanks, Dan, for that, <laughs> that prompt. So when I'm talking about the yellow door, I haven't got to the word balance. Can somebody shout out balance if I haven't mentioned it? Ha. Hmm? Yeah. Yeah, that's why there were ears. Thank you, Annie. Yeah. Because <laughs> I just do what God's telling me. I don't work it out, you know. Ha. It is, isn't it? It's about balance. It's about heavenly balance. And, um, yeah. It is. Thank you. It's good to know what God's up to, isn't it? As we walk into his plans. So, I'm going to tell you about the yellow door. And for those that haven't been here for parts one and two, it doesn't actually matter other than the fact that actually going through various doors that I've walked through in the heavenly realms to kind of, um, not, not to tell stories because um, I haven't told stories like this, I don't think ever really publicly. Um, people, you know, who know me know some of these stories and we I talk about them a lot. But I'm very wary of just telling stories about heavenly encounters because, you know, it's, well, it's okay for you, Mark, but what about me? And that's the whole point is the fact that it's for all of us. And I spent, I think I spent the first 12 months of my life at the bay lying under a chair um, most of the time. And God said to me, that's enough now. Well done, Mark. Um, I'd like you to talk about the things that I've been talking to you in the heavenly realms. And so actually, it's, it's me being vulnerable because these are, these are things that I've really never wanted to talk about, you know, because it's me and God. It's me and the lover of my soul. It's me and, and, and precious Jesus having intimate conversations. And actually, when you're having an intimate conversation, you really don't want other people to listen in, do you? So that's what you're doing. You're listening in to my conversation. So I'm not doing it for attention, I'm doing it out of obedience because that's what God wants me to do. I would rather keep my private conversations between me and God to myself if I'm going to be honest. But actually I'm now uh, realizing the value of speaking those out because it actually helps us all, including myself, to step into the more of God. Does that make sense? Yeah? So that's, that's, the, that's the context. So um, so we've done a, a, a pink door, which was all about um, uh, restoration and building. We did a red door um, last time, which is about the blood of Jesus, which is amazing. And I, I was amazed that I could talk about it without being a mess, because um, I usually am when I think about that. 
And before I talk about the yellow door, there was a process that I described last week with seraphim and swords and being changed into a kind of almost a molten sword before I could even cut the ribbons that were over the doors because I could see these doors in heaven, but I couldn't actually walk through them until, as it were, I was melted and transformed into this sword which actually cut the ribbons. So there had to be something that happened in me before I could enter those doors, if that makes sense. So, so yeah. Um, so the, so what God's prompted me to do through Karen Vickers, if you're listening, Karen, on the podcast, she said to me, Mark, she gave me the scripture this morning. So I have, I have, I have seven amazing people that pray for me every day of the week. So everybody has a particular day, and Karen has a Monday. And um, she said, ever since Monday, I've had Ezekiel one about the whir- whirling wheels that are in Ezekiel, with eyes and all that sort of stuff. And the reason why that is a prompt is, again, God's saying, Mark, you have to talk about this. I'm thinking, really? Really? You want me to do that? And like God's underlining it by giving it to somebody. And and Karen said, does this make any sense to you? I said, yes, of course it does. I've been thinking about it all week, saying, really? (laughs) Really, God? Um, So if this helps you, right, if this helps you, um, and if it doesn't just say, Lord, I just... You know, I just want to receive more of you, yeah? So I was in um, Buenos Aires in 2014, my second time in Buenos Aires at at Claudia Friesen's church in September 2014. I spent six and a half hours in that church because God told me to go there, and then he said, stay until I tell you to leave. So I went through three services, and it was all in Spanish, and I received everything, every call, every call that to the front that came, I went for it apart from um, um, childbirth, you know, or whatever, you know, if it, but although I actually have given birth in, in spiritual birth in a car in Washington, D.C., and I'm going to be there n- this time next week. So anyway, so that would be an interesting scenario, but anyway, it's another story. Um, and... Um, I was just had hot ears, like like you had hot ears, and um, and then um, God sh- said to me, Mark, um, how fiery are you on the inside? And I thought, I thought oh, I'm quite fiery because everybody tells me I'm fiery, and I knew I'm quite fiery. And God said, then He showed me a volcano and the scent of a volcano. He said, this fiery? I said, no, I'm not that fiery, but I would like to be that fiery. So I had a choice. And he said, would you like to, as it were, put your hands into the, the, the center of this volcano and take some burning coals and put that into your own belly, almost like a transaction, almost like admitting the fact that actually the fire that I had was, was fiery, but actually there was more. So I did that. And I could feel a contr- complete transformation in my whole body. It's almost my whole body started to be on fire. And in doing so, um, Jesus just came and, and he's, you know, I, if, if it helps you, ask where Jesus is in the room right now. We know that Jesus is all around, but sometimes it helps to say, where is Jesus in the room? And either physically or spiritually, as it were, go to that place and take his hand. Because he wants to romance and dance with you. And if you read the Song of Songs, that's all about romancing and dancing. 
with him who loves you so much. Psalm 73, verse 23 says, Yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. So let him hold you by the hand. The hand that is covered with the dew of the morning that we read in Song of Songs. The hand that then will take you to be like a gazelle on the spice-laden mountains that we read about in Song of Songs, chapter 8, verse 14. So Jesus took my hand and said, walk with me, run with me, dance with me. And for you it will be different, but if it helps, I'll describe what happened to me, and this is what happens almost every, almost every time. He took me to um, heading towards a shower. I thought, okay, so God, you're just showering me, um, you know, like cleansing and showering me love until I actually got right to the shower. And every droplet of water was fire. He wanted me to walk through a shower of fire. And that fire speaks of holiness and burning off the things that stick to us that we're not even aware of, that we go through our everyday lives. Things that, words that uh, come and rest on us that we're not even aware of, but sometimes we come into passive agreement with those words and those situations, and we just say, yep, that's it. And we make do, and we don't go for the best. And we maybe even partner up with words of death and words of failure or words of setting the ceiling. And God doesn't want any of those on us. So I went through that shower and it burnt up all those things. Then he showed me a pool, almost like those kind of when you go to a posh hotel, those pools that that actually are quite narrow. They're only about two lanes wide and they're not really that very long. So you can never really get a good um, speed up before you hit the other end. Um, And I knew I had to walk into that pool. As I started to walk in that pool, it wasn't water, it was gold. It was gold. So I walked down into that pool of gold that he prepares for you and for me. Because actually, we're more precious to him than a, than a whole swimming pool of gold. He bought us and an amazing price, which was his blood. So I walked into the, it's almost like a sheep dip, really. I walked into the, the, the pool of gold, and there had to be a point like the Ezekiel River where I had to take my feet off the bottom as I was going down the steps into the pool. And I knew that as I did that, I would not float. I would actually sink into the gold, and I would either have to, uh, I didn't know if I was going to drown. So I took my feet off the bottom, I sank down into the swimming pool of gold, and I breathed in. And instead of drowning, it was like breathing in liquid life.
And the Lord is saying to us, be refreshed right now. As you listen to this, he's refreshing you. And where some have been refreshed, some that would be in this room that have actually refreshed others and you've had a kickback against it and you say, I will never do that again. God is saying he's going to send angels with you next time so that you'll be able to refresh others so that you yourselves will be refreshed. And that's in Proverbs. So in that swimming pool, at that moment, I was covered in that liquid gold. I was breathing it in. It was liquid life. And then I found myself in a heavenly courtroom, which I'm very familiar with now. But in those days, it was quite strange. And I saw figures there that I didn't know. Today, I know quite a number of them, one of which is Shola. And he was just going to be here tonight just to kind of confirm that but we we text each other when that happens i'll say shola did i did i encounter you five minutes ago and the first time that happened i was actually in bethel church in reading and it was like a morning service which was like four in the morning for shola and i'm thinking there's no way i text him shola, i said shola you know, because he's very um, recognizable in the heavenly realms. He's, he's amazing physique. He's got these, like, amazing muscles and stuff because he's a powerhouse in, in God, you know. And um, not expecting any reply. Immediately came back a reply. Yes, God woke me up. And I, and I thought it was you. I just was aware of a fire. And I sensed it was you. Um, and he said, I'm looking at you now. So we had this whole heavenly courtroom experience and text at the same time because that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to operate in both the heavenly realm and this realm at the same time. It's not either or, it's both. Yeah? It's both. It is both. So when we work, we work. And, when we ha- and what the things that we have to do in the day, we, wor- we work in those realms at the same time. It's not when I get home, I will have a heavenly court experience. You, you, what you're shown, you bring into your work. You show into your comings and goings of the day. Now, how, does that, how, does, how on earth does that make a difference to your life, apart from actually empowering you and seeing the bigger picture? I'm going to give you some, uh, just one example. Um, so in this place... And next time I'll probably go more into that because I just want to get into the to the door. Various other things happened. Obviously, angels, seraphim, fire, sword, cutting through ribbons, and I came to the yellow door. And I went through the yellow door. And the first time I went through the yellow door, all I could see was um, a small treasure chest. Peter and Alice are very animated at this moment, so you'll probably tell me later what that means. But anyway, I saw a small treasure chest. (laughs) Um, And it was actually the treasure chest contained the precious things that God has planted in my heart, in my life, that is kept safe in heaven. And when the scripture says, when I slept, my heart was awake. You know that scripture? When I slept, my heart was awake. That is what he's putting into that treasure chest. 
kept for a moment that you then bring out that treasure to the person that is opposite you and you didn't even know it was in there and you think, where did that come from? Uh, has anybody ever had that? Where did that come from? It came from the times in the night that when you were asleep, your heart was awake and was populating that treasure chest. That's what it looks like. So you have access to that stuff that you're not even aware of because it's your treasure chest. And I'm talking about this is that so we can access even more that treasure chest because there is so much more. And, and so I thought, Lord, this is amazing. And I saw an angel blowing on it because it's quite a small treasure chest. And I saw him blow, this angel blowing on it from one direction. I'm thinking, Lord, that's actually, as we're, we talked before about um, at the wind of God would come, come north wind blow, south wind blow, that I could spread your fragrance abroad, the fragrance of your garden. That's in Song of Songs. And I'm sorry I'm quoting a lot of Song of Songs, but I, re I read the Bible every year, all right? So I'm on my 23rd time through the Bible. But I do park a lot. I do extra homework on the Song of Songs, all right? So that's why I'm talking about it, because it's the love and intimacy of Jesus, because in these things, it has to be all about Jesus. We're in this place because of the hand of Jesus. He's taken us by the hand. And actually, as a good shepherd, he will always take us to safe places. In John 10, we know he takes us to safe places. These are the safe places he's bringing to us. As you're resting in God and listening to the overtures of love that he's singing over you in Zephaniah 3.17. He, the Lord is mighty to save. He will rejoice over you with singing. He will quiet you with his love. These are the overtures that resound around you every moment and every day of your life. And I see those songs around people. I see songs of deliverance. I see songs of love around people in the spirit, which is why I often cry a lot when I pray for people, because I see it, and it moves me so much. So anyway, that was my first time in the room. And then in the gym, which was not a church, and it was full of activity and people, and I was on a cross trainer. And I was listening, t I was watching Patricia King at Stream Prophetic, or I might have been listening to Bethel Worship. I'm not really sure. God then took me back to that room and said, Could you do this now with the extra eyes I've given you from the Ezekiel 1? Remember the wing? The creatures covered in eyes? Well, that's another story, but actually during my second visit to the rooms, I got covered in all these eyes. So I had increased vision. Plus, he then talked to me about faith, hope, and love, which was on the doorstep of all of those doors. It was almost like a gymnastic springboard that, that catapulted me further into the room. So with the eyes that we read about in Ezekiel, with faith, hope, and love that springboards me, all right, so somebody needs to speak about faith, hope, and love at some point. Maybe me, you know, before the autumn, because they always act together. And the greatest of these is love. With that faith, hope, and love, I was springboarded further into the yellow room. 
what did I see? I saw an increase, which is what God wants us to see. He wants us to see the increase. And this time God said, see this treasure chest. Well, Mark, I've actually prepared another one for you. This was a big one. It was a very big one. And God said to me, Mark, would you like me to fill this? And of course, my response was yes. Yes, God. I want you to fill this to overflowing with the treasures of heaven. Because that's what it is. The reality is we have our hearts filled with the treasures of heaven. So then we can open up those treasure chests here on earth. And it becomes the heaven on earth principle. So I remember saying to God, that's, you know, I was amazed. But then I said, well, Lord, how's that going to spread wider than just my vicinity? And he said, Mark, just look up a little bit more. Stay with what I'm showing you. How often does God show us stuff and then we get up and, and go off and do stuff? And Ecclesiastes says, do not hurry away from the king's presence. I think that's Ecclesiastes 8 verse 4, I think, or 4 verse 8, one of the two. So I stayed, and then I saw, because the box, the treasure chest was bigger, it had four angels around it. Not one, but four, blowing from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Which actually spells news. And we're going to be news. We're going to be good news as we allow the breath of heaven to come and blow on the treasures that God has given us because we are his garden and we are that good news and we change the environments. When we walk into a room, the environment changes. When we're not in the room, the environment is different. Amen? We know that. So as Dan was gently carrying that stool, he reminded me of, of, of a stool being balanced. And if you don't have um, three legs to a stool, then it's unbalanced. And so what God is wanting to bring to our lives is balance. He's wanting us to bring balance to our lives. As we are blown on from every direction... That guards against an overemphasis that we would actually almost incline our ears to, which is, I think, Annie, what Annie was talking about in the correct balance is the fact that actually sometimes that we find we might think, well, okay, you know, I'm really good at this, you know, evangelism or doing this or whatever or, you know, f- uh, making friends with this. And, and actually God is saying, well, that's great, Mark, but, but that's maybe just the north wind. That may be just what, how about the other three sides that I want to build up in your life? So he's now speaking to you about the areas of your life, not, not in a, oh, I'm not very good at this way, is the fact that actually 
you've already succeeded because I can see those treasure chests and so can you. And it's full of jewels and precious things that are already there. So that tells me that you already have passed the exam to receive them because Jesus passed the exam for you. So you're already an expert. So that makes sense. So God is prompting you now saying, how about this? And you go, yeah, I've never done that before. Well, there's a lot of things that I'm doing now and probably till Christmas that I've never done before as I'm being completely vulnerable before you once a month. Am I growing? Yes. Have I grown? Yes. Do I need to grow? Yes. Am I going the right direction? Yes. Is God increasing the kind of the, 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 the ceiling? Because there isn't a ceiling, but does he take me higher? Yes. So I'm giving gonna give you some scriptures. And a bit of a testimony. Ephesians 1 verse 7 says, Since we are now joined to Christ, we have been given the treasures of redemption by his blood, the total cancellation of our sins, all because of the cascading riches of his grace. And in my picture, that's what I saw. These jewels were cascading riches falling into my treasure chest, which I could then pass on and cascade out to the people that I meet every day and to those situations. You have those cascading riches. I have those cascading riches. And you have a big enough treasure chest to capture all of those cascading riches. And some of you might be thinking, I just felt the prompts, yeah, but my, but my treasure chest is closed. It's not. It's not closed. It's not closed. It's open. It's open. Because Jesus opened it for you. He gave you access to it in the same way that Jesus, it's through the life of Jesus that he, he gave you access to God. It's open. It's open. It's open. It's only the enemy that is showing you that it might... Well, it might be open for Mark, but it's closed for me. No. It's open for all of us. James 1, verse 17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. The message says, Every desirable and beneficial gift comes out of heaven. This is what I saw. The gifts are rivers of light, cascading. See that word cascading again? Cascading down from the Father of light. Simple prayer for you when you walk into a difficult situation, Monday morning, light of Jesus come, darkness go. Balance come, chaos go. Yeah? Difficult meeting. Get there. Pray in there before anybody else comes in. Declare the goodness of God. If you need some extra help, ask for angelic help. Does it matter if you see them, feel them, get bumped into them? Doesn't matter. The reality is you ask for them and they come. 
Passion Translation of the same verse says, Every gift God freely give, gives us is good and perfect, streaming down from the Father of lights, who shines from the heavens with no hidden shadow or darkness. And that word, every gift, is legacy. It means legacy. So we're doing this because of the legacy that God wants us to have and to leave and to give to others. These will be your peers. These will be the younger generation. These will be people like Dan and Josh. And because I'm older than everybody else, I can name everybody on the stage. Amy, John, <laughs> Rachel, <laughs> Alan. Well, yeah, well, you're older than me, Alan, but anyway, and Joe. But, you know, it's legacy. It's legacy. And the Aramaic word for perfect, remember God freely gives us a legacy which is good and perfect. The Aramaic word is shamlater, which means complete, wholesome, abundant, sufficient, enough, and perfect. So what God is giving us is all of those things. And abundance is not something which is contained. Abundance spills over and out. And find the final verse, then I'll come to two stories, and then we'll, we'll bring things to a close in about, ten, about five, ten minutes. In 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6, it says, Let light shine out of darkness. Made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. What does it say in the Passion Translation? Let brilliant light shine out of darkness. He is the one who has cascaded We've got a theme going on here. Things that are cascaded. He has cascaded his light into us. The brilliant dawning light of the glorious knowledge of God as we gaze into the face of Jesus Christ, who we know from other scriptures is the author and perfecter of our faith. Amen. Yeah? So when we read the Bible and we read in it that Lord, that's amazing. And I assume we believe that we're, we're not dispensationalists, so we assume that actually all the stuff that happens in the Bible happens today. I remember praying for a dispensationalist about a year ago who was healed, and they didn't even believe in it. All right? Because they were a dispensationalist, and then they said, well, I don't believe that anymore. I'm, I'm not a dispensationalist, you know. They were healed. You read it in the Bible, you say, Lord, I'll have that. So what you're saying is, Lord, fill my treasure chest with that stuff so that at an appointed time or times, I can actually reach into that and actually begin to activate that, even though I've not felt a single thing. And you might have given it to me in the middle of the night when I was asleep, but my heart was awake. We're getting this now. So when I read in Daniel that story about Nebuchadnezzar, who got very grumpy, and he had a dream, and he said to the mystics, I'm not going to tell you the dream, because well, I can tell you the dream, and you can interpret it, but what I want is, I want you to tell me the dream that I've had, I want you to tell me 
what it means. Otherwise, I'm going to kill the lot of you. Do you remember that story? I'm not making that up. That's in Daniel. And I'll find the scripture as you're nodding. <laughs> Daniel 2, 26, 27. So I said to God, that would be really handy to have in my treasure chest. Yeah? Amen? That happened to me in Toronto at the 20th anniversary. On my birthday, I said, God, can I have that as a birthday present? In the morning. By 11 o'clock that morning, I had activated that gift. I'm not going to tell you the story of that because I'm going to tell you a story of the activation of that. It's because that's for times that he gives us that. So I thought, okay, God, that was nice. That was great. But it was in my treasure chest, which means I can reach into that treasure chest at any time in the heavenly realms and bring it to reality here right now on earth. And what, does the what difference does that make? Mark, what difference does that make? It sounds all very nice, but what difference does it make to people's lives? And Judith will be able to corroborate this because she was here. At the, she was there at the time. Um, we were in Toronto uh, some years later. And uh, we were at a friend's house by a lake. It was all very nice. We were having coffee. We were chatting on. And um, the lady's name was Laurel. She owned the house, beautiful house on the lake. Goldie Horn lives around the corner. It's that kind of place, you know, like on the lake and all that sort of stuff. And... Um, she had a new cleaning lady that morning who opened the patio door and said, Laurel, good morning. Opened the door, closed the door, lasted four seconds. In that moment, God showed me the recurrent dream that she'd been having for months and what it meant. So, out of that treasure chest... I then said to Laurel, Laurel, I've just been shown this. What do I do with this? And she said, you need to speak to this lady. I said, well, it will freak her out. She says, well, that's fine. It's my house. You just share it with her. So I said, you know, my name's Mark. And I said, have you been having this recurrent dream about such and such, such and such? And it revolved around her grandmother. She started to shake and cry because it was that very dream she'd been having. So I described the very dream she'd been having, the stuff that we read about in Daniel, that Daniel had, which is for us, because it's in our treasure chest in the heavenly realms that we bring out here right now on earth. Yes? To cut a long story short, well, it wasn't that long, it was about seven minutes, we led her to Jesus because of that, because she met somebody who knew about the dreams that she'd been having who explained it to her, and it said, this is about the love of God. And the scripture that I'd been given was the Hebrews passage which says, for the joy that was set before Jesus, he went to the cross. And it was all about the joy. And I said to her, you are God's joy. Guess what her name was? No? It was Trista. Triste in French, because she's French-Canadian, means sadness. She had been christened with the name sadness 
all her life. The perfect antidote to sadness is joy, but not just joy, the joy of God, which is the perfect joy. So she had met the joy that set her free from the sadness that had been over her life, that had been her signature over her life up until the age that she was. And she embraced Jesus into a life who is her joy. So if I have to go to my treasure chest so I can see someone saved in that manner, I think that's a good outcome. There are other stories, but I don't, I don't have time to share them. But that is one story. And for, for us, it will actually be exhibited in increased influence, which is what that glowing was. As we receive that, your influence, Annie Barr, will become even bigger. It's about increased influence. That God is going to put you in places that you think, oh my goodness, what am I doing here? But then you'll say, actually, because God put me there, because I'm a son, I'm a daughter. That is why, and some of you know why, you know, I could be in talking to the Secretary General of the Security Council of the United Nations in New York, knowing the fact that God had put me there. Because of a heavenly encounter that I had for that person, I had a dream in the heavenlies about that person who I then met later on that day. And she happened to be the ambassador in the United Nations. That's a different story. And finally, and then we'll finish. Sometimes it's what we carry, not what we say. Amen? And I'm sorry that well, I'm not sorry, really, you know, is the fact that actually I've not given you a three-point sermon because I generally don't do three-point sermons because it's really communicating the heart of God. And, and actually, I'm giving you a buffet tonight. And you think, yeah, I'll have that. I'm not sure about those funny things. I'll just take one, see what they taste like. Oh, that's really quite nice. I'll have that. And so sometimes in the buffet, you will actually, things will come before you that you do not know what they're going to be like, but taste and see that the Lord is good. So Mike, um, who is lying on the ground, I don't want Mike to get up because God is, is just pouring into your heart, Mike. Um, on Friday night, um, and this is about what God pours into us. I often see, um, again, um, in the, the kind of, I just see deposits being put into people. And on Friday night, it's because of like, God really imparted something powerful into my, I could see, it's almost like light just going into people. And we've talked about light cascading, so this, I think, is very biblical. And I went over to Mike, and this is where we learn. So I said, said to Mike, what has God given you? And I expected Mike to say something because that's usually what happens. So I flipped into a pattern, didn't I? I s completely flipped into a pattern and said, Mike, what has God given you? Share this with the rest of the people in, this in the room. And Mike was amazing because he said, I haven't got anything. 
And I said, okay, something's going to come to you in a minute. So we waited about a minute. And I said, Mike, what have you got? He said, I haven't got anything at all. I said, nothing. He said, no, nothing. So I gave him the microphone anyway, just in case he did have something. He had nothing. And that is to be commended because he didn't make it up. Amen? Yeah? When we prophesy stuff, if we have nothing, we say nothing. Bobby Connor's best sermon I ever heard was when he actually said, I have nothing to say because God has given me nothing. And it was amazing service. He didn't make it up. So I, Mike was doing the drums at the time. Well, not at the time, but he'd just been playing drums very well, I have to say. So I held his hand, and immediately I think you fell off your stool, Mike, and then you crawled along the stage, got to the end of the stage, and I could see that what God had given him was something that he was meant to impart rather than articulate through the spoken word. Does that make sense? So I'd flipped into one mode, but actually God wanted you to do something else. And so God said, put him up against that pillar and let him just impart what has been given. And actually, as that was happening, Lorene, where's Lorene? She's on the floor somewhere. Anyway, Lorene saw, um, which I didn't, uh, she wrote later, the fact that actually you'd seen an angel or angels around that pillar that we'd actually put him up against. And it was really hot there, wasn't it? The temperature increased significantly. For those that were there, it was a, a geographical um, increase in, in, in heat. So, Mike just really leaked out what God had given him. He didn't say anything. He might have groaned a little bit. But it was amazing. So, Mike, can I just read out what you wrote, what you sent this morning? Is that all right? Can I do that? Yeah. Okay. It's very kind. So, Mike texted me this morning. He said, about what happened to me on Friday. When I came back from Bethel, so he and Karen, who lead Morp New Life Church in Morpeth, I saw me standing up in church, and when I spoke, it was like a blast of a foghorn coming from my mouth and people falling down. God ministering to them, etc., etc. When I came back, our Sundays have been amazing, have been fabulous, but not as per what I saw. But what happened on Friday night was, I think, what I saw. How amazing is that? So did Mike say anything? No. Did he come with any clever words? No. Did he empty out of the treasure chest of what God had given him in the heavenly realms? Yes. And that is what God is doing tonight. As you've been listening to me, what he's actually been doing, he's been filling your hearts with heavenly treasures. I've just been buying time <laughs> for that to happen. I've been the kind of warm-up act that keeps everybody in one place so God can actually do what he really wants to do. So I said to Paul I'd finish by quarter past, and it's one minute to quarter past. So I think that's a good place to finish. And what I'd love to do, and I'd l I, I'm very happy to stay afterwards and pray, but, you know, stuff is happening right now. I know that. 
And I would love to um, to speak more into that afterwards. Yeah, so don't rush off. But I think at some point we're going to talk about. I'm supposed to be doing a heavenly encounter workshop workshop in in the Bethel House in Washington D.C. next week with with Annalisa and Claire McCork. Cause they told me I'm going to. Okay. Um, which will be very exciting. So, um, so what almost happens there? I, will, I would love to bring into some sort of workshop that is ongoing here for heaven, for just walking the heavenly encounters, because I think that would be great. But I would say, when you're resting in Jesus, just take His hand. That psalm, that psalm that I read out. Take me by the hand and lead me. And if you've got the hand of Jesus. He will take you and show you things that actually you've read about in the Bible that you think, oh my goodness, is that real? And they are. And so much more. Because he will take you to a safe place and safe pasture and will show you the treasures of heaven. So could we, for those that are lying down, please stay lying down. But if you want to stand up, I'm just going to pray that God would just, uh, in, I would like you to put your hands over your chest. Because this is a, almost like a, a play on words here. You know, the, the heavenly treasure chest that I saw. We can do that here on earth by actually saying, Lord God, fill my chest, as it were. So as I'm just praying, just pray in your own words. Just so, Lord God, we just thank you for this time. We say yes to you, Jesus. We say yes to heavenly encounters. We say yes to holding my hand. We say yes that... I just want to walk along those spice-laden mountains with you. And yes, Lord God, you can take me to those heavenly courtrooms. And yes, you can take me to those gardens. And yes, you can take me to those doors. And often it's a case of just saying yes. And spending enough time with the Lord afterwards, after our yes, to actually encounter those things. Give him your time. Sow your presence into his presence. As we say yes, so Lord God, as we have our hands on our chest, we say, Lord God, fill our chests right now on our heavenly chests with, with cascading, amazing favor, light, life, treasures of heaven that we've yearned for, that our hearts have yearned for. For the, for the more that we've said, Lord, there must be more, because there is more. And just allow him to fill that huge treasure chest that he's given you with the treasures of heaven, the jewels of heaven, the colors of heaven. And as I see that happening, I sense that, there's, that God is sending the seven spirits of God in Isaiah 11 to teach us about those treasures. Those seven spirits of God, which is the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of power, the spirit of knowledge, and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. You read about them in Isaiah 11. They are there to help you and me in training us in the wisdom and the understanding of counsel of how 
to apply these treasures that we're receiving right now to our daily lives. And Lord God, I just thank you right now for the multiplication of stories and testimonies that is happening right now because actually God is giving you deposit that will, that will produce a story, that will produce a testimony that you will talk about even next Sunday that actually almost in the heavenlies has already happened. That you're about to walk into this week that has already been prepared in advance for you to walk into and actually have that story, but to bless somebody's life. So, Lord God, we just thank you for the breakthrough in that. We just thank you for the expectation in that. And, Lord God, as we walk into that, I almost sense that this is that we will be amazed, but actually because of the renewal and the revival in this church, in this region, in this nation, this is just the starter. This is just the starter. We've really not even hit the main course. But Lord God, we do not despise the day of small beginnings. We say yes to you. We thank you that we have the plumb line to measure ourselves and how we're doing. And actually, if we're, if we're right with you or we're not, Lord God, we just thank you for that plumb line that will show us that the things we are building will be straight and true and of you because we want you to build the house. Lord God, we just thank you for this house the Bay Church, we thank you for all those that serve in this place. We thank you for your presence that is here. We thank you for the people that have helped tonight. We just thank you, Lord God, for, for those that were putting away chairs to create the space that actually people are lying down in tonight. Lord God, we are all the same team. Receive the love of God and love one another. Amen.